memory concerning science or did you have a science spark? <laughs> Can you speak I, to that? Yeah, I love that question. And I have, I think, well, I feel like maybe it's an awkward answer in that like I think my science spark probably happened in the womb because my parents <laughs> <laughs> both have PhDs. So there really wasn't oh. a lot of like science was like in my life. Um, specifically right. engineering. My parents really wanted me to be an engineer. So we mm-hmm. would build radio kits together. They'd be like, oh my gosh, we got this kit and like we can build it. And like I was really into stuffed animals and I was like, but the animals, like I want to go play with them. But okay, fine. We'll build the radio together. <laughs> <laughs> so my childhood was this like tension, not really, but like <laughs> between like wanting my parents being like but engineering and me being like I'm really interested in cats like (laughs) Um, such a rebel so my science fair projects in middle school both involved my cats the first one was what type of catnip do my cats like um I love it I love it And nice. the second one was, I think, maybe a more engineering e. Thank you, parents. Was um, we mm-hmm. built this like apparatus. There's air quotes again. Um, mm-hmm. Made out of like a ginger ale bottle that had food in it, and that you could press a tongue depressor, and it would deliver oh. the food. And I was trying to teach, what? like, I was going to teach my cats to use it. It did not pan yeah. out at all. But no. <laughs> oh, no. There was my project. I was like, can I train my cats to eat out of this bottle? Yeah. And they wouldn't. They were very unhappy with me touching their paws to be like, you can use this. And they were like, I don't know. I don't, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. Can you just feed us normally? <laughs> so did they just sit there and look at you and like look at this apparatus and look at you and be like, what's going on? Where's my food? (laughs) Pretty much. Like the funny thing is like my cat now, I think I probably could have trained her to do it because she's like extremely food motivated and like very good at getting to the food. But my cats growing up were not, were not into that whole thing. Yeah. 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 I love that you pinpoint like the characteristic though, you know, like maybe there's a genotype behind that, you know, extremely food motivated. So you can train it to do whatever to get food versus not extremely food motivated. Yeah. What's the gene that regulates yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, I should have right? studied that. That would have been a way more interesting <laughs> conclusion. <laughs> I think so, right? Next science fair. Yeah. <laughs> I need to Very cool. My poster. Yeah, the poster. <laughs> okay. So um, you talked a bit about uh, the person at the the program who sort of pushed you into going into into that science communication program. Mm-hmm. But can you talk about any other influential mentors that you had along the way? 
Um, I think definitely my, I mean, my parents for sure. My mom mm-hmm. is a black woman with a PhD. So like mm-hmm. that one I think was sort of like, I didn't even think about it. Right. Yeah. I didn't even think about it at the time. I was like, whatever, my mom has a PhD. And like looking back, I'm like, like and talking to people about, you know, how representation is so important. And the fact that like, they, people didn't see people who look like them getting PhDs. And like, I never had that experience because literally my mom had one. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I think that was sort of like a unconscious mentor where like on the surface, I probably wouldn't have been like, oh yeah, like my mom. But like, honestly, like obviously like she was this huge, you know, force for science and education. Mm-hmm. And she got some alumni award from the U- UC Davis, which is where she got her PhD mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And it was like this big, big deal. Like our whole family went to like watch her get this award. And so like, I think again, like sort of showcasing the importance of education and, and like science and like, I'm pretty sure my parents wouldn't have been mad if I hadn't gone to get a PhD. Like it wasn't like I was forced into it, but like definitely seeing that as a career path option. Yeah. And like basically knowing that if I went like basically my career path, like I wanted to be a vet with my obvious cat love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But then sort of the other job that I was interested in was sort of like, I feel like if I went to get a PhD, I would be able to do whatever I wanted with that. And like, that was, that was something that was also interesting to me. So like Ah, being my parents, both with their PhDs being like, this is a viable career path. Right. right. And you decided to get your PhD. It was in chemistry, you said, or biochemistry? Yeah, it's in biochemistry. So that's a fun story also is that so it goes back to my cat love again. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love this cat love story. <laughs> Lots of cats in my life. Um, so uh, because I wanted to be a vet when I was a kid, I ended up working as a vet when I was in high school. And then Ooh, the cool. summer after my first year of college, I was working at a vet. And I was like super interested, like I was cleaning the shelf with all the the medicine on it. And I was like, I want to know what it all does. And like the vet that was there with me was like, you need to major in biochemistry because that's when you learn all that stuff. And I was like, done, I'm sold. And I mean, I guess I was a chemistry major, so not quite biochemistry, but that was sort of like the beginning of my like, I mean, then I went and got a PhD in biochemistry. So like, that was sort of like the turning moment for that of like, well, if you, if you're interested in how drugs work in the body, biochemistry is for you. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh, I love how your cats basically (laughs) drive your life, right? They decide what you do, like your science projects, your PhD, like they just, I love it. Like from a young age, right? Yeah. Just like really be obsessed with cats and then suddenly you get a PhD in biochemistry. It all makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) Whatever it takes, right? Exactly. (laughs) Why did you decide to become a science writer? That is a really interesting question. And part of my answer is that I'm not sure that I really decided. I feel like (laughs) I was sort of like pushed along this path, like... That's not okay. a very good way to say. It. I, I don't know how to like. <laughs> like it found you. Yeah, it found it. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So I think like by the time I, I was finishing my PhD and like sort of trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, I sort of had three main career goals. One was make science accessible and relevant to the general public. One was help scientists ex- explain their science better. So like my joke is that if I do really well at two, then number one, I don't have to. Have do my number one job anymore. Um, And then uh, increased diversity in science. So it was really like, I need a job that lets me do 
some amount of these things. And Mm -hmm. I had this friend who went to the science writing communication program at UC Santa Cruz, which is also, spoiler alert, where I ended up going. And she was like so excited about it. She was like, I'm going to become a science writer. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, sounds great. I don't think I want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And and then she went off and did this program and became a science writer. And I was like, that's great. Good for you. And then I got to this point where I was like, crap, I don't know what I want to do. And this program actually sounds like it would let me accomplish some of my goals. Mm -hmm. So I emailed her and I was like, hey, remember me, the person who was like, this is not what I want to do. Well, it might be what I want to do. So can you? (laughs) like what do I do and she was like oh here um she connected me to who was this uh guy who was then the director of the science the Santa Cruz program um and then he's another one who like figured out that science writing was what I wanted to do before I figured it out so he was like oh hey you know come visit the school like come check it out come see our program like let's talk about it and then you might as well apply because you're you're here and you seem like you're really interested and I was like okay fine I'll apply but I don't (laughs) think this is what I want to do um and then I applied and then I got in and he was like in surprise we we got this fellowship for you so you can come (laughs) to this program and I was like oh that's really cool but I'm like not sure still but like I guess we'll just do it. I don't know. And like, even when I started doing the science writing program, I was like, I don't like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. And uh-huh. it's just so funny now. Cause like, I'm so happy doing it. And it's like letting me do all the things that I want to do that. Like, obviously this was, this was the correct path, but it was yeah. just this really awkward experience of me being like, I don't know. And science writing being like, hello, like <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> like, I don't know how to make this more obvious for you. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's amazing. Sorry. That's what was the name of that program? Um, so this is the UC Santa Cruz uh, Science Communication Program. Um, it's actually a master's program now. It was just a certificate program when I did it. Uh-huh. Um, there's a couple other science writing programs in the country. That's the the main one on the West Coast. And then there's, um, I think there's one at MIT in Columbia also. Really? I'm not sure. There's a couple on the East Coast too. But like the big one on the West Coast is the Santa Cruz one. And that one's cool because it like you have to have done science. So like I think that you have to have like six months of research. It's not a lot. You need to have done some science at at the bench or whatever the equivalent is for your field um, in order to be in that program. So all the other ones are just sort of like anyone who wants to do science communication can do these programs. And this one is specific to like people who have science background, turning them into science writers. Gotcha. Excellent. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and what I wanted to say was also, I really like how it was kind of like you had these themes and these goals, right. That you really wanted to focus on in terms of your, um, career. And, and it just so happened that science writing is what is uh, what has been able to lead you to really accomplish that. And I'm sure get, um, you know, a lot of satisfaction out of your work, which I think is, is excellent. That's fantastic. Yep. So... So you did your doctorate, and then you did the science communication program, mm-hmm. and after that, you did an internship yeah. at Springer Nature. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So as part of this uh, UC Santa Cruz science communication program, um, every quarter of the – so it's a three-quarter program. 
Um, and mm-hmm. every quarter, in addition to classes, you have to do an internship at the same time. So my mm-hmm. first quarter, they were like, here, um, like literally I was working at a research bench one week and the next week I'm in Santa Cruz. And they're like, here, go work at the, this local paper and like write mm-hmm. stories. And I was like, okay, hi. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> um, at a podcast, like a science podcast. And then my Very third cool. internship. Yeah. My third internship was um, at Nature. So like this was one of the, like there were internships for science and nature. And I was like, I Mm -hmm. want one of these because I just want to know like what it's like to work for nature or science. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so that one was really, really cool because like my first day there, my editor was like, hello, welcome to nature. Here's your first story. Go write about lizards. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so it was this paper that was coming out about like how a lizard gets its spots, I think is actually the name of my story. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had to go and interview this researcher in Switzerland and be like, hi, I'm writing about your paper. Tell me about, tell me about it. Um, And then Mm -hmm. as um, the way that nature does their science writing stories is that you interview, obviously the the researchers who did the research. And then you Mm -hmm. also have to interview two other researchers who are not involved in the research, but are sort of experts in the field to sort of Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. be like, yes, this is a great idea. Or like, this is sketchy. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Or something else. Um, And so I ended up talking to somebody, I looked it up yesterday ended up talking to somebody I think in Spain and then also in Australia so like uh-huh. in like my first day I was like calling people around the world to be like hello wow. it's amazing. it was so cool um and I I, I love that part of like I got to talk to scientists all over the world about lizards, which I don't know anything about, really. They're not cats, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, that part was really cool. The, na- yeah. like, the fast-paced nat- nature of nature was harder for me <laughs> and, like, a little bit stressful. So, like, that part I was less excited about. Um, so mm-hmm. it was sort of this mixed bag of experiences. Um, right. And then I'm just going to go into – so at the end of the program, you have to do another internship um, generally like six months or more. Um, and so this is where I went to Pacific Northwest National Lab as the postdoc communications fellow. Um, Mm -hmm. and like fun story, the Pacific Northwest National Lab actually gave me a fellowship to do the science communication program. And so then as part of that, I went to go work for them. Um, (laughs) and so like this one, I'm bringing this up too, just to sort of like put it juxtaposed with the nature. So like nature is like a very journalistic internship. So like you're, I was a science journalist, like doing science journalism things versus Pacific Northwest National Lab. I'm an institutional writer. um, So I'm writing for the lab um, about the research. And something that I really liked about that, again, was like getting to talk to researchers about all their different stuff, but then also kind of like my UW job, I was like, as close to the science as possible without actually having to do the science. So I could, you right. know, go hang out with them in their labs and like hear what they're talking about and be excited with them and then go write about it. Um, so that was something that I really, really liked also. Um, and then the other thing that I really liked about that job was that like, I had like, these are my people. Like I, I got to like form relationships with them and like find out about their, their goals. Like, how are we going to work together? Like, what is something you've always wanted to do and how can we achieve that? And like, that was something that I really liked that I, I didn't get as much with nature. Like, obviously you can still have relationships with your researchers when you're a, a journalist, like actually the lizard researchers still will email me every single time he gets a paper that a paper accepted to be like, hi, in case you want to write about this. Um, so like you can still form relationships, but it, it's, it's sort of, a different class of relationships where you're still like 
I'm writing about you for my outlet versus me where I'm like, hi, I want to hear, you know, like I want to help you further your career as a scientist by helping get your work out there and helping you, you know, achieve, achieve what you want to achieve. And so it's, it's more of this, I don't, I don't know the best word here, but like, I don't know, it's more of this, this type of relationship that I really like of like, we're working together. You're my people. I'm going to, I'm here to sort of help you look good in the news and help you achieve what you want to do. And I really, really like that. Right. Right. I love how that science communication program, it really (laughs) sounds like it exposed you to so many different things. Yeah. There, I mean, these internships are required and you did so many different ones and learned a lot. And it sounds like it kind of focused you into what you would be best at in terms of science communication. Is that how you ended up choosing PIO? Yeah. How how did you tell me how that came about? Yeah. So when I started in the science communication program, I was like, I have no idea what I like. I think I said, like, I'm like terrified that I actually don't want to do this at all. But like, I have no idea (laughs) what I want to do with this. And so it's really like, I just want to try everything. I want to try all the things and like see what happens and sort of just sort of like sampling things and be like, oh, that was kind of cool. Here are the pluses and minuses. And like, yeah, the thing about that that last internship at Pacific Northwest National Lab of being like, oh, like working for an institution is like me with my people, like I said, and like, Mm, this is such mm -hmm. a good feeling. And I want to continue this feeling and I want to continue to have these types of relationships. So then I just started looking like a lot at the UW being like, hello, UW, please hire me. I I want a job where I get to work with researchers at at your institution. Um, And then like I found this job and I really like it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Lovely. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So at the end of our journey segment, we like to ask a couple of more reflective type questions. All right. <laughs> reflective right? It's a very scientific word I going on here. It. Yes. It's an excellent word. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so the first one being considering everything that you've been through in your journey. What advice would you give your younger self? It's such a good question. Um, I really think, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Getting choked up. No. I really think it, it's sort of trusting, trusting your heart, trusting your gut, you know, making that big, mm-hmm. making that leap into science writing that was terrifying for me, but like trusting mm-hmm. like th- this seems to be the path that we're going on. Um, I really think and I feel like this is something for people of color, especially like we do stuff because we feel like we're obligated to do it or like this is what I should be doing or this is what I'm mm-hmm. like, I like this is how I'm going to like make my mark and like climb out of whatever. Um, yeah. And I, obviously, that works out. That works out sometimes. But I sometimes. think it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I also feel like it's important to be like, well, what do I actually want to do? Like, what would make me feel fulfilled? And what would make me feel happy? And I feel like younger me, despite my cat love was was kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, like, I didn't really know how to trust myself or like, that mm-hmm. I could trust myself. I was just sort of like, okay, just mm-hmm. gonna go get a PhD and like maybe figure it out, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> See where it goes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Somebody will just tell me that I'm doing a good job and then I'll just do that. Like, um, and so really yeah. being like, no, like listen to what your heart and what your gut is telling you, like what you wanna do, and then following that, even if it's scary or like not what not what you think you wanna do or whatever. 
Yeah. So is there something specific? I don't know if we covered this. Is there something specific about science writing that you found scary? I don't know if we covered that. <laughs> but you seem like you were really hesitant, but then it's so perfect. Like, why were you I, so hesitant? I yeah. mean, maybe it was just that, that like, you know, like when you know something's really good and it's like too terrifying, you're like, nope, can't do that. It's, it's like, yeah. you know, it's good for you. So you like, can't do it. And it, I yeah. feel like that's a human behavior where we're just like, I see this thing. Don't spoil the like, dream type thing. Yeah. Like this is the thing that could be really good for me, but I'd prefer to be over there struggling. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> right. I, oh. right. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not sure like why I was so scared that it wasn't a good fit off the top of my head. Like, I think I just, I think I was just like, oh, writing. Like, it's funny because I was like really into writing as a kid. Like I wrote stories all the time. I wrote all these like really emo poems in high school. And then I was just like, no, writing's dumb. I'm a scientist now. Like, (laughs) right, right. Um, So yeah, I think it, I think it was just sort of like figuring out how to like, how to make, make it for me too. Like figuring out like, I don't know what I was thinking science writing was, but like trying to make sure, like trying to make it something, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Not a good answer. (laughs) Totally legit that you don't know why you hated it. (laughs) I I didn't hate it. I just was like, I don't think, yeah, I don't know, but I don't know what, what I was thinking. Like, I I think I was still really stuck on this, like maybe academia pipeline that like, I feel Mm -hmm. like we also all get getting, you know, going into grad school when you're surrounded by people who chose academia. Um, And so I was like, no, I have to go and become a postdoc and then do all these things, even though I didn't want to be a postdoc. Like, but I was like, no, (laughs) like you need to do it. And like, I don't know, like I keep thinking back to um, like my very first week of grad school was absolutely terrible. Like I hated it and I was miserable and I acknowledged that I was miserable. And then I was like, this is normal though, right? Like this is what grad school is supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, I don't mean that I don't, I don't regret that I did it. I think it was really good for me. Like there's really great life lessons. I love that I have this, you know, this shared experience with my researchers now, but like just looking back and like seeing that moment and being like, Sarah, like, you're so sad. Like, I don't think you're supposed to be sad. (laughs) Interesting. Sometimes I wonder too if it's just like the fear of the unknown or like fear of change, right? That makes it seem so much more daunting than it actually is. Yeah, Yeah, like stepping off this path that like Mm -hmm. has been laid out before you, like this is what you should do, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) What if it's something like, you know, you you think this thing is perfect for you, but you don't want to go try and fail, because then you're you're going to like spoil that perfect image of this thing that you could be doing, right? Yeah. So it's like I'm going to keep the perfect image, yeah. And that's like in the in the future I'm going to get to that perfection. But for now, yeah, I'm going to like follow the yellow brick road, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're right, and I think the other thing that was scary too is that like there's all these things about like if you leave academia, like you can't come back. It's really hard. Which I was like, I'm pretty sure I don't want to be in academia. But like, what if I start doing this and I'm like, oh god, no, back. And like, then I'm gonna have to like struggle even more to get back to where I am now. And like, maybe I should just stay here. And like, 
Um, yeah, I think that's, there's definitely, there's definitely some of that too, of being like, if I leave and I hate it, like, what have I done? And like, especially to go to the science communication program, I I was living in Colorado. So I had to like literally pick up my life and move it to California for this nine month program. And I was like, all right, so like, hopefully this works out because I don't know what's (laughs) happening. Like, (laughs) cool. Very cool. Okay. Final journey question is a bit of a game. Rose, Yay. Rose, Thorn, Bud. Yay, Yay. I love games. <laughs> so, Rose, Rose, Thorn, Bud, um, considering your journey, can you please talk about two things, which are your two roses, that you would consider to be your biggest successes, the best opportunities that you've had, or highlights of your career? Then one thorn, which would be one thing that was a disappointment that you endured or something that just did not go well. And then a bud is something that you're looking forward to in the future. So the bud is promise. So please tell us your rose, rose, thorn bud, Sarah. Love it. Um, So I have my two roses. Um, One of them is, I think, taking that leap of like Mm -hmm. leaving academia and going to science writing, I think is obviously like it changed my career. It made me so happy. Like I'm doing something that I love. So like, that's definitely one rose as again, trusting my heart and being like, okay, we're just going to go and do it. Um, and then the other rose is I think during my PhD, my advisor was in Paris, France for, um, like a, a year or half a year. Um, and like two weeks into that, she was like, you need to come out here. And I got to go to France, which was like my first time ever leaving this continent. Um, (laughs) and, um, it was really great for a couple of reasons. The science reason is that like, I got to talk to these researchers about how to analyze these crazy salmonella videos. And it was like (laughs) super helpful. Cause I was like, I don't know. That was the other reason why I was taking all the videos was I was like, I don't know how to analyze them. So we'll just take more videos. (laughs) Um, so (laughs) these people were like really, really helpful and like trying to get me an analysis pipeline to be like, what is happening in these videos so that Sarah can graduate? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, um, And then the sort of the bigger one was just sort of this new experience outside of what was normal for me. So like leaving the, this continent, going somewhere else, I think being brown in America versus being brown in France is like, people just like assumed that I was French, which like obviously never like people in America are like, where are you from? But in France, uh-huh. they were like, oh, you belong here. And I was like, what, is this, like, what is this experience? Oh, very that interesting. <laughs> very and so interesting. like, I think, wow. I think it was really helpful for me to then come back to America and be like, hmm, what is this feeling that I've been feeling my whole life? But like, I didn't really have any words for it. Cause like, it was just normal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. that was the other really big benefit is just like getting to go somewhere else and like being the same person, but like sort of being treated differently, treated differently for reasons yeah. that I have no control over. <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, that was wow. Yeah. That's such an interesting experience. Yeah, I know. I'm like trying. It's funny because I like when I was preparing for this and I was thinking about that experience. I was basically I, I'm like trying to write. Uh, well, I'm getting to some of the other answers, but I'm trying to write um, sort of like memoir or essays about my life uh-huh. experience. And so like the France one has been one that I've been like really pondering over, like, what is this? What did this do for me? And then when I yeah. was thinking about this Rose question of yours, it like helped me, you know, answer your question and also like answer 
my my life question of like what does this experience Ooh, mean? So. Very cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Uh, the thorn I would say is grad school. Um, like mm-hmm. I said, it was not, not a great experience. <laughs> I went in like super excited about like I love science and I'm doing science and like this is what I want to do with my life. And then I was like, why do I hate my life so much? Like why is it so oh. sad? Um, and like I said, like, I, I think it was ultimately a good experience. I don't regret it at all, but like definitely was not a fun time for Sarah's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the bud is like very nebulous right now, I think, but I'm just, I'm just really excited about the future. Like I'm really excited, you know, looking back over the past, like five years or since I've been on the science writing journey and sort of seeing where I am and like being excited to see sort of what happens next. So that's like the big overarching nebulous excitement that I have. Like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Um, And then sort of in our, in our jobs, you know, like trying to figure out kind of like we talked about with like COVID and like reporters being less easy to get a hold of for like non COVID topics of like how like this is sort of an ongoing question in our office of like how what are new ways that we can get our researchers out into the world and talk about mm-hmm. science and so like I'm really excited to explore those types of questions too as news continues to change and like what yeah. are new what are new things I can try I mean I think yeah. oh yeah that was one other thing like I think the best part about having a PhD for me is like Basically, not that I can solve every problem, but like big problems aren't terrifying to me. I'm like, ooh, a big problem. Okay, let's just get started. Like, like it, having had that experience with the PhD has helped me just be like, if you throw a problem at me, I'll be like, all right, what are we going to do to like start to figure out how to solve this problem? So like, mm-hmm. I like big problems and I'm excited to solve them. <laughs> yeah. I solve the big problems yeah. of the future. <laughs> Very cool. Very, very cool. I love that, bud. Open to see what happens. What does the future bring? Yes, yes. I feel like that's my favorite bud, just like (laughs) being open and welcoming, welcoming in all the surprises, everything that you can throw at me. Let's see. What what else you got, life? Come at me. (laughs) Come at me. I got you. (laughs) Like no more pandemics, preferably, but like. (laughs) Preferably. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Shall we get to life lights? Yay. So now on to another fun section called life lights. Yay. I love it. Our sound effects are perfect. All right. You guys better love it. I think that, yeah, why would you change these? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They're awesome. Yeah. So for this section, we are going to uh, discuss what brings you joy outside of work. So, you know, thinking about like hobbies, passion projects, family, friends, pets, you, you mentioned cats. So I hope there's a cat story in there. (laughs) Or two or three. Um, what do you what do you do when you're not at work and what makes you happy? So this one I'm really excited about. Um, so my new hobby that I discovered um, when I was in Eastern Washington at Pacific Northwest National Lab, like during that time, um, I discovered that I actually love ice skating, like figure skating. Um, oh. I just started going oh, yes. because I I was like, oh, I could just get some more. It was cold and I didn't want to go outside. And the ice rink had like adult session for like $5. You mm-hmm. could like, skate around for two hours. 
And Mm -hmm. I was like, sure, I'll just go and skate in circles for two hours and I'll get exercise done. And I got there and they were like, oh, you know, for five extra dollars, we have like group lessons. And I was like, sure. I mean, I'm here anyway. And then I just like fell in love with it. And I was like, oh my God, I should have been ice skating my entire life because it's like endlessly fascinating and interesting. And so basically if I'm not at work, I'm usually at the ice rink, like learning all the things and like like learning jumps you got. Like, this is so cool. I get to be like a miniature ice skater. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not going to the Olympics. (laughs) Can't do any of that. Um, Are you sure? (laughs) Figure skating is like my huge hobby that I just I love doing it now. Like so fun. Jumping is the best part. (laughs) That's Um, one of the things that I've I've wanted to try in my life, I will admit. Well, if you ever want to come out here, we can go skating together and I will help you. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. It's a plan. Yay. Yes. Come skate with me. I'm a very like super basic ice skater. Like I know enough to not fall and I can go around in a circle. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. That's basically where I was when I started. Like, um, I, I could skate around in circles and my, the person who was doing the group lessons was like, well, what do you want to learn? And I was like, I don't even know, like go backwards maybe. And she was like, oh yeah. (laughs) And then like two things later, she was like having me like do turns and like, and then I was like, oh my God, like ice skating is a thing. Like I'm, I'm down, like teach me all the things. Like, <laughs> Very cool. Hold you in. Yeah. Like, that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's been like the most interesting connection to me, like connecting me to my body because, like, it's very, it's very mental, but also obviously very physical and like. Mm-hmm. generally when I'm learning how to do something new, they'll be like, okay, do this thing. And my brain is like, I'm sorry, you want me to do what, what now? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and so I totally get that. Like, that's where I am. This is silly, but that's where I am right now with swimming. Like, <laughs> my brain's like, what? Move the arms and the legs and the yeah. breathe. What? I can't do all this. What? No, that's not happening. Yeah, yeah. Especially I get it. Like with spin so spinning has been my nemesis. Like spinning is really hard for me. Like jumping is so easy and I love jumping. Like spinning, I like A, it makes you dizzy and B, I, I can't do it. So I don't get it. And like <laughs> the thing with spinning is like every muscle in your body has to be like doing the right thing at the right time. And like my coach will be like, okay, focus on your arms. Okay, that was good. But now focus on your legs. And I'm like, ah, ah, like arms, legs, like what? And like, is your core tight? And I'm like, ah, like, <laughs> so yeah. It's like overload. It's like too many things happening or they'll be like, that was good, but you forgot to do the other three things that we talked about earlier. And I'm like, ah. Um, so yeah, I really, really like the, the challenge of it, of like trying mm-hmm. to like teach my body new things, my muscles that I didn't even know existed to be like, oh, apparently you need to do this thing muscle. And it's like, I don't exist. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so ice skating is definitely like my passion hobby right now. Um, some of the other things, let's see, I'm working on, like I said, a memoir slash essays about being mixed race. So like, that's like a huge other thing that I'm working on, um, mm-hmm. trying to write um, outside of work, so like more writing. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't go super. I had one one week where I wrote like two essays. Like I was just like really prolific, and I was like two essays. And then I also wrote a press release for work. And then the next day I was like, Ooh. Oh my god, I'm so tired. And I was like, All right, because I wrote like a million things. Like it's just like <laughs> too many things. Like maybe we should just go ice skating for a while. No. <laughs> Perfect. Um, 
And then the cat. So I have one cat. Um, her name is Tarantula. Um, tarantula. Nice. Wow. <laughs> is she fierce? No, that's a pretty, that's a pretty like, <laughs> aggressive name for a cat. Um, I don't know how to describe it. The joke. So let's see. So the fake the fake story behind her name is that my husband wanted a pet tarantula and I said no. So we got a cat and named it tarantula. <laughs> but the real story behind her name is that my husband and I can't read and we saw another cat at the shelter whose name was Tarantella and we we're like, oh, tarantula, that's such a good name for a cat. And then we're like, oh, oh. makes sense oh, now. This cat is actually named Tarantella. But we're going to get a cat and name it tarantula. <laughs> that's what happened. She is really food motivated, like I said. Um, and nice. I have trained her. She can do sit, um, shake. Um, she can do up where I like I do this. Wow. And get her paws nice. up to me. Uh, we try to teach her like speak, which sometimes she does. She's very quiet when you're like trying to train her and she's like very focused on food. So like it was hard to get her to like meow so we could be like, speak. Yay, you did it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we haven't been training her as much recently. We should get back on that. <laughs> cool. So cool. Yeah. Our cat easy to train I've never I've never heard that this cat is easy to train because she okay. loves food more than anything else in okay. the universe so like if there's oh food involved she's gonna do whatever it takes to get to it um mm -hmm. I don't I think I tried to train I, so like all of my cats I've ever had like if I snap my fingers like generally like they will follow me and I don't know how I trained all of my cats to do that Maybe they just want to follow me and it just happens I'm snapping my fingers. Um, but this is the only cat that I've actually trained to do stuff. Like all of my other cats, not trained. <laughs> Obviously, they didn't want to use the apparatus to get food. So Well, Shakira, did you have anything additional? Uh, no, no, that was it. This was such a great talk, Sarah. It yeah, was absolutely sure. amazing hearing all about <laughs> Your work as a science writer, like that was, you know, fascinating to me. I've never interviewed a science writer before, so I learned a lot. Yeah. And then I loved hearing about your journey and your cat love and <laughs> how, how having the love of, you know, just one thing can really push you to try all kinds of different things in your life. So it was a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for um, for taking your time to share your story with us. Um, I definitely also loved all the cat stories. <laughs> and I wrote this down when you were first talking about your story at Nature. I don't know why, but somehow in my brain, like when you started it and you were, and you were like, oh, I went to go interview these scientists, my brain was like, oh, she went to go interview lizards. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, that was not correct. <laughs> no. So maybe, maybe like, you know, follow the story you can get the lizard's point of view yeah but, yeah um, so tell me about these thoughts that you have like let's talk about it like were you born you with them? them like did they like exactly. was it like a really embarrassing experience and then like the spots showed up like let's talk about that like <laughs> I feel like this is the next generation of science. I know, I know. <laughs> like literally, I was like, "What is wrong with my head?" But um, 
I love also just hearing about like the variety in your work. It sounds like so amazing, and you and you write about so many cool things, and it's so clear that you're passionate about it. And I think that is just you know so great and so tremendous. You know, yeah. Um, every job has its ups and downs, but ultimately, I think at the end of the day, if it brings you like joy and satisfaction, and you know, makes you content and feel like you're doing something productive, that's like priceless. Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, and um, we definitely look forward to following up with you in the future maybe hearing a little bit more about ice skating I yeah. think the spins will be, will be you know down at that point oh, um, and also you know we'll have yeah we'll have to hear more about your memoir too that sounds super exciting yeah thank you so much for having me on I really really appreciate it and I love talking to you all and sharing my story so thank you great great Thank you so much. So we'll put all of the links to how to reach you, Sarah, in the show notes. And we'd like to thank our listeners for listening. Thank you. A special thank you to Sammy yeah. for sending in some guest questions for us today. Yay! Yay, Sammy! <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sammy. Um, and everyone, if you, if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. You can also reach out to us uh, by email at lovesciencepodcast at gmail.com for any questions you may have, comments, or guest suggestions that you want to make, and we'll try our best to get them on the show. Uh, We would love to hear from you. So until next time, bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.